0: Deal or no deal, the president's economic agenda hangs in the balance as he jets to Europe for a climate summit. The Pentagon warns of a gathering threat in Afghanistan. And the joke cryptocurrency that now has a bigger market cap than some Fortune 500 companies. Thursday need to know. Let's go. Good morning. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for Thursday, October twenty eighth. I'm Jill Wagner with Carlo Versano. Hello, Carlo. Knock knock. Who's there?
1: Housekeeping. Housekeeping (laughs) Thursdays.
0: Uh, Today's housekeeping. Carlo, cute. I like that.
1: <laughs> don't worry. Uh, it, it, what was I going to say? Oh, I, <laughs> uh, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. So we're going to do our YouTube live chat. However, we will be without Jill. Jill, I believe you are off uh, for a um, much-deserved uh, day of pampering tomorrow. I don't know <laughs> so if that's actually... not.
0: I have no time to get my hair colored. I have a day off just that I needed for something with my daughter, yeah. but I am going to get my hair highlighted because I have no other time Ooh, to do it. So,
1: And I hate it. You. There's nothing
0: I hate more than sitting... And getting my hair done. <laughs> for real. I, I'm dreading it.
1: Well, that's a good hate, actually. Well, anyway, we're going to have Baker uh, on the pod tomorrow. Uh, so we'll do some love hate date with him. We'll do the YouTube live chat with him. Anytime <laughs> I have Baker on, when you're out, chill, it feels like um, it's like in high school when your parents, like, leave you to, you know, <laughs> leave for vacation and they're like, don't burn the house down. It's um, like you're, the, you're like the mom.
0: It's funny. I got I got a message on Instagram and it was someone saying, like, Love you and Carlo, but I love when Baker's on. So I was like, "Yeah, Baker's great." And so I took a screenshot and I sent it to Baker because I wanted him to g- know that yeah. everyone really likes him. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, that's my mom," and I was I was dying. <laughs> Get
1: out of here! Is that true? Yes, that's true amazing. story.
0: You can Very ask incredible. him about it. Oh, I will. Um, but anyway, okay, <laughs> let's get to some news here. Senate Democrats appear closer to a compromise on President Biden's social spending and climate bill, although it's still not a done deal coming up on their self-imposed deadline of October 31st. Momentum appeared to slow after reports that paid family leave and a tax on billionaires had been scrapped in order to satisfy Senator Joe Manchin. President Biden's meeting with all House Dems this morning to push for a vote on the uh, also stalled infrastructure package which progressives have said that they will not allow until the other bill is ready to go. That infrastructure package is the one that has bipartisan support.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the social spending bill, here's what appears to be in and what appears to be out, with the caveat, of course, that nothing is a done deal until you know the fat lady sings here, and the fat lady has not yet sung. So, But what appears to be in, from all the reporting we have this morning, uh, $500 billion for climate measures, which is nothing to shake a stick at, uh, universal pre-K as well as subsidized uh, child care for low-income families, also an expansion of the child, ter- uh, child tax credit for one year uh, with no strings attached, uh, no – You know, means testing for income and whatnot. Uh, What's out? The billionaire's tax on unrealized capital gains that you mentioned. Drug price controls. Family leave—that's the big one—as well as free community college. So basically, all the popular stuff appears to be on the uh, on the cutting room floor here. Which, of course, this is what happens when there's no clear priority coming from the top. The top here being President Biden. And you know, Biden's not at fault for you know congressional obstruction or uh, them not having a deal. He can't force Joe Manchin or. Kirsten Cinema, to vote for something they don't want to vote for. But the problem is, and the reason why this is hitting his poll so badly, is that he campaigned, don't forget, on being the guy who can figure this stuff out after somebody like Trump, right? The guy who can bring the two sides together, the guy who knows how to sort of pull the levers of power in Congress. And he, I mean, I hate to say it, but he has not lived up to that, at least so far.
0: Uh, Kirsten Cinema, do you know anything about her background? she It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, she, she actually yeah. started as a pro, as a real left wing progressive yeah. that's that's sort she was of like where, a
1: green party. Yes, supporter. she was yeah. Ralph
0: Nader's spokesperson, yeah. at, at one right. point. Um, and then she just I, I for various reasons moved to the middle um, and, yeah. and I think when she wanted to run for state. Office, you know, when when a Congress, when a seat came available in Congress, Um, but she's she's a fascinating person. The Daily just did a pretty good podcast on her. That if you're interested in Mm -hmm. her background, I recommend you listen to. On the family leave stuff, to be clear, uh, the United States is basically one of a handful of countries that does not actually require that employers provide paid time off for new parents. Um, The other countries, Papua New Guinea. Uh, there's a few island countries in the Pacific, a, a country, Suriname, Suriname, that I didn't i would never even yeah. heard of that you told me how to <laughs> pronounce before um, before the podcast. So this is not like we are way behind <laughs> most yeah. countries. Um, and when then you look at Europe, I mean, they're giving months off for for women um, yeah. and and hopefully and men, too. I mean, they. Uh, dads also deserve it, but I wonder what happened. I wonder, you know. I thought the four weeks that they had, con- they went down from twelve to four, yeah. and I thought that was kind of embarrassing on its own. Yeah. And and I actually was nervous that giving four weeks would actually could actually have unintended consequences and be worse. It, when you could see perhaps there's employers that give a little bit more time that are, you know, is it going to be a race to the bottom? Are they going to say, well, yeah. the federal government says four weeks, we're just going to do four. Um, so that was actually my fear, but the, it, I don't know what, I don't know why, I guess the, the thinking is that Joe Manchin said that he wanted no paid leave. Um,
1: I don't get it. It's
0: just kind of crazy.
1: It seems like one of those things that, if, first of all, every parent in America, or but most Americans would just agree that this is like the absolute bare minimum. Again, as my mother always says, this is the bare minimum. And if we can't even get four weeks passed, it's truly, it's truly gonna be an embarrassment if they don't get this in. I, it's just, it's so depressing.
0: Uh, the White House had been hoping that they were gonna reach a deal before President Biden leaves today for a series of summits and meetings in Europe. That seems unlikely, but possible. The president's second big foreign trip starts with a visit to the Vatican to see Pope Francis, and then it ends with COP26, the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow. In between, Biden will attend the G20 in Rome, where he's going to be meeting face-to-face with French President Emmanuel Macron for the first time since that diplomatic flare-up over the submarine sales to Australia. Drama. <laughs>
1: Big drama with the French. I am am looking forward to seeing what comes out of his meeting uh, with Pope Francis, just given that uh, President Biden is our second Catholic president and him and Him and uh, the Pope are sort of similar in a lot of ways. So we'll probably talk a little bit more about that tomorrow once he's in Rome. The president's trip also means that the annual White House trick-or-treating event is not going to be happening this year for the first time in a while, um, just because he's not going to be there. Uh, Which is, of course, fine, because nothing will ever top the clip from a couple of Halloweens ago when (laughs) Trump was handing out—do you remember this? I know
0: what you're going to say. I'm picturing the video.
1: (laughs) Trump? Trump was handing out the candy to the trick or treaters, and he put the chocolate bar on the head of that kid that was dressed up as a minion. It is, it is by far my favorite. There's so many funny Trump clips, but it's, I'm gonna put it, a, a gif of it in the newsletter today because it still cracks me up. It's like, what are you, what, what were you doing exactly there? It's so weird. It's like it, he was like an alien.
0: There. It, well, that's what it's like. It's like if you never, are you human? Like, do you have yeah. you ever? You're a dad. Have your kids never gone <laughs> trick or treating? Like, right. Do not. And it's funny. Um, do you ever watch, listen to the Rewatchables podcast with oh, Bill yeah. Simmons? It's it's great. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm just dropping podcast recommendations, but if you like movies, they basically yeah, great they yeah they rewatch old favorite movies and, and break them down. They always say Tom Cruise. Um, it's like clear that he just never did anything normal because (laughs) even when he's at a bar having, you know, even like if there's a scene where he's at a bar having a drink, he's just not even holding it like a normal person holds the drink. That's what it felt like watching, watching uh, (laughs) President Trump at the time. It was like, what, what what have you never experienced Halloween? What happened?
1: You put the candy Uh, in the (laughs) bag. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go look at that clip. uh, Clearly, it still makes me laugh. Um, Okay, Merck has agreed to let other drug makers produce generic versions of its antiviral COVID pill in a decision that could greatly expand access to the potentially life-changing drug in poor countries where vaccine supply is limited. Malnupiravir is the first pill that's been shown to be effective in treating COVID. It's currently before the FDA, which could approve it for use in the U.S. soon. But rich countries have already bought up most of the initial supply.
1: Yeah, this is a big one. Uh, By granting a royalty-free license, which is what Merck is doing, that company is going to make it much easier to get that drug manufactured and sold on the cheap around the world in places like Sub-Saharan Africa, where we know the vaccine situation is quite bad still. Um, So good on them. Good on Merck. This is really uh, great stuff. I mean, it's very unusual for a pharmaceutical company to to make a potentially lucrative drug like this generic. Uh, And it's worth noting, none of the vaccine makers have agreed to do something similar to license uh, those vaccines.
0: Top Pentagon officials said this week that ISIS-K could be capable of carrying out attacks inside the US within the next year. Colin Call, the Undersecretary of Defense for Policy told the Senate Armed Services Committee that the terror group operating in Afghanistan has the intent to launch attacks outside of that country Um, but they're just not in the operational stage just yet. They think within six months. um, That's not good, Carlo, (laughs) to put it mildly.
1: Uh, Well, sorry, Jill, I wasn't paying attention because I was just calculating um, the amount of money that we have saved by not occupying Afghanistan. So $300 million today. We we did not spend in Afghanistan. $210 million this week. That's $2 billion that we've saved uh, since we left that country 10 weeks ago. Now, I'm being glib. I'm being obnoxiously glib. I appreciate that. but you know, when I saw this yesterday, you sent this to me. I hadn't actually seen it until you sent it to me. But I, I got frustrated because it's just like, what am I – someone tell me what I'm supposed to be scared about. Am I supposed to be scared about ISIS-K, a group that I didn't even know existed until two months ago? Am I supposed to be scared about China, about Iran, about you know, poor Guatemalan immigrants that are trying to come to America for a better life? It's like I, I just I, – I, I have an initial skepticism whenever this kind of thing comes out. And I have to say, you know, speaking of Trump, I didn't agree with him on basically anything. I think he's, you know, a bad person uh, and a bad president. That said, his reptilian sort of political brain, every once in a while it intuited something that was right. <laughs> and and one of those things that he was right on was there is a deep state. In America, right? There is. It's not now. It's not a deep state of Satan worshipping, you know, a cabal of Satan worshipping pedophiles that work out of the Clinton global initiative like the QAnon people think. What it is is a sort of, you know, mid-level group of a national security apparatus of sort of like mid-level career bureaucrats you know, the blob, as it's known. And they are people like this guy, this undersecretary of whatever at the the Pentagon. And these are the people whose job it is, is to keep the United States on a permanent war footing, right, at all times. What are we supposed to be scared about today? Because, you know, as as George Bush knew better than anybody else, when voters are scared, they go along with what you want them to go along with. So... Again, I'm not saying that uh, this may be a threat. It, it's possible. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I'm not saying that this isn't like a scary world that we live in, right? I was in New York on 9-11. I know that this is not, you know, the world is not a safe place. And I agree that we need a coherent counterterrorism strategy around the world. But like, what's the answer? What do these people want? Do they want us to be in a place like Afghanistan forever? Do they want us to be like drone striking, you know, f- families of innocent people like we did when we left Kabul? I, I don't know.
0: Um, all right. I'm going to I have some thoughts, but I, I want to get to some of our other news. Um, let's I'm talk sorry. With, I didn't
1: mean to. Like no, no, go no off I totally get what there. you're saying.
0: I, look, I would just say that when we left Afghanistan, the big question that I had and I think a lot of Americans had who, um, you know, maybe like you were either in New York on 9-11 or have vivid memories of it um, is. Do, do what first of all what did we get and and the argument the main argument for most people like despite all the money spent and and what whatnot and the fact that the taliban took over right away right. was that we did have there were no terror attacks in the united states after 9-11 we pretty much it was like a given that something else was going to happen if you remember the the mood after that was like what's next oh, sure. and we didn't nothing did happen um and so the thinking my question when we left Afghanistan was okay, I'm, I buy everything that you just said, but what is now the risk to Americans I- in the United States? Sure, um, right. And the, the thinking was, or the, the word was, nothing. We squashed Al-Qaeda, everything's fine, we're good, we've got drone capabilities. But it just doesn't feel like that's the case. As you mentioned, ISIS-K, ISIS-K is basically an offshoot of ISIS that took advantage yeah. of the chaos in Afghanistan and, and went there. Um, and it's basically Taliban now who don't think that the Taliban is is right wing enough and, and, and extremist enough. That's like, we right. need to even be more vicious. Uh, and they are now ISIS-K. Right. So I'm troubled by it. And maybe I'm buying into the deep state, as you say. But I, I think this is concerning.
1: No, I think it's a fair debate to have. And if we had more time, we, we could keep going, um, going on. But OK, let's. Right.
0: Let's talk a little Wall Street. Rent the Runway got a warm initial reception from investors in its Wall Street debut, opening above the target price before fizzling, ending the first day of trading down about 8%. Rent the Runway is the latest in a procession of trendy direct-to-consumer retailers tapping the public markets. Warby Parker listed its IPO last month. Allbirds is expected to go public in the coming weeks. The company's COO told Cheddar yesterday, this is Rent the Runway, that its strategy is to provide a closet in the cloud for women and said its subscriber base has been rebounding out of the pandemic.
1: You're a big Rent the Runway person, right?
0: I am, it's it's great for work.
1: Yeah. No, Becky is too. She's a big fan. I had I was forced to go into one of these places once to like return <laughs> one of her one of her dresses or something. It was like really, it was very chaotic energy. That's just where they were like they were like hundreds of like women trying on dresses and like, like frantically for an event yeah. that they
0: had the next day. Yeah,
1: I I really did not like it, but I'm obviously not the not the, 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 the uh, audience for it. Uh, but it is pretty remarkable that a company like this was able to stay afloat during COVID, right? When this is uh, you know t- a time when nobody needed this service, right? There was no, there were no events to have. You didn't have to even go into work. So you didn't really need nice clothes. But, you know, this is venture capital. I mean, you have sort of like unlimited VC money. You can sort of uh, you can get through something like COVID and now they're rebounding.
0: So they did close all of the physical locations. So that location, mm. wherever you went that you found the yeah. <laughs> chaotic energy, <laughs> um, that yeah, on those have shut down. Those shut down during the pandemic. They laid off a bunch of staff. So they are a leaner company as they emerged right. at post-pandemic. Um, But analysts who've looked at the numbers say they just don't add up because the overhead is too high. This company has not turned a profit since early 2019. So that's it's not just yep. the pandemic here. Right. Um, they've started to do resale, meaning that if you rent something that you like, you can actually buy it. Um, so that's a growing part of the business. That's some new revenue. I have done that actually. There's a couple things that I've rented. I loved. I got tons of compliments on it. I've just I purchased that. Um, and mm-hmm. they. One of the good parts of this business is that they have recurring revenue. So they have monthly subscriptions. Yeah. That is a big plus. Um, and it's also huge with young people who, who don't necessarily need to own stuff. Like our generation and the older generations ahead of us grew up wanting possessions. But young yeah. people aren't as interested in owning stuff because they just want, you know, one, they want to wear something with one, take one picture, put it on Instagram, uh, and then they're done.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I think that's a nice, a nice sort of change of pace, right? We don't need most of the stuff that we own.
0: No, it's true. The the again though the number I I don't know what the future is for this company though because the when you look at the overhead they went public really to pay off debt, um, yeah. and so a lot of analysts are are a little bearish. Um, Shiba Inu, that coin, that's the meme cryptocurrency of the moment that's based on the mascot of Dogecoin. It's now the ninth biggest digital coin by market cap. So that makes Shiba Inu not only more valuable than Doge, but also companies like General Mills and Hewlett Packard. I mean, that's wild when you think about it. (laughs) The price of Shiba Inu up 60 million percent. That's not a typo. 60 million percent. Uh, Over the last year to an all time high that's still fractions of a penny. Individual investors have been petitioning Robinhood to list the meme coin on its trading platform. Robinhood up till now has has basically said they're not ready to do it. Um, They only have seven coins and are looking to add, but they said there's just a lot of regulation around it
1: i mean I, I don't I don't really have anything to say about the, this stuff like I, it just feels like I'm taking crazy pills like imagine reading that to your you know grandfather <laughs> like it, it doesn't even make sense like it's not real I don't get it i i i mean I guess it is real for the people who billionaires trading this stuff I don't know.
0: Um, if, Elon Musk is is big behind this. He was he, yeah. was he was really behind Doge, and then he they called him the Doge father. I mean, it's all so ridiculous, um, it's but so there ridiculous, is money yes. to be made um, and also money to be lost here. I mean, it's really volatile. Yeah. If, if you, I guess, strike while the iron's hot, you could do really well. Um, yeah. Okay, a little more to know before we go. Investigators have confirmed that a single live bullet fired by Alec Baldwin killed the Rust cinema photographer Helena Hutchins. According to a newly revealed search warrant, the film's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez, told police that she checked the antique Colt 45 for hot rounds before it was given to Baldwin. The assistant director, David Halls, admitted that he should have checked Gutierrez's work more thoroughly before he handed that gun off to Baldwin But didn't. The question here is why there were live rounds. Uh, The sheriffs have been on the ground there. They said they found numerous live rounds, which is just perplexing. Like, why are there live rounds at
1: all on this movie set? This is just a case of uh, many things going wrong at once uh, and ending in tragedy. Uh, top oil executives are going to testify to Congress today in a hearing about whether that industry misled the public and hindered action on climate change over decades. This is a big one. Executives from ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP and Shell will answer questions under oath about whether their companies downplayed the realities of climate change for years. This will be the first time they had to do that. There's already comparisons out there to sort of the, the big tobacco hearings of the 90s.
0: Look, the the I think the takeaway is that anytime you hear about a study that you have to figure out who's sponsoring it. <laughs> it's like yeah, if, right. if you wanted to get a study about smoking and that it's not hazardous <laughs> to your health, and then you find out you know Philip Morris yeah. is basically the one who sponsored right. it. Just uh, that's why it matters to kind of look at exactly. look at the fine print. The Pentagon's top general, Mark Milley, confirmed for the first time that China had indeed carried out some kind of hypersonic test over the summer, calling it very close to being. A new Sputnik moment.
1: Starbucks is raising its minimum wage from 12 bucks to $15 an hour by next summer. It's going to target $17 an hour as a minimum wage by 2022 for all of those employees. More than half of Starbucks employees already start at 15 bucks, But this is the latest big company in the service sector to effectively create a floor of a $15 minimum wage. And if you want to thank anybody for that, don't thank Congress. Thank Amazon. This would not be happening if Amazon hadn't done it first.
0: Uh, The State Department has issued the first American passport with an X as an option for gender. The move is a fulfillment of a promise made by the Biden administration that passports would be more inclusive for people who identify as a gender other than male or female. Passport applicants will also be able to choose M or F without having to provide any kind of medical certification.
1: And uh, your World Series update for today, uh, the Astros bounced back to take Game 2 of the World Series, beating the Braves 7-2 to in Houston. That series is now tied one game apiece, and they're going into Atlanta for a three-game stretch starting on Friday. The Braves are red-hot at home. They've won nine straight postseason games in Atlanta.
0: All right, that is what you need to know for Thursday, October 28th.
1: All right, guys, see you tomorrow.